Welcome back to the TKZ Outdoors podcast. We're back in the central UP recording from my garage. We have Don Brown, Coulter Lubin, and Cody Norton. We're less than a week from D-Day, and that's opening day of whitetail season here in Michigan. So this episode is all about our love-hate relationship with the whitetail deer. So stay tuned. You're in the kill zone. Welcome guys to my lovely garage, um, the only space in my house that is uh, kind of kid free. You don't have any space in your house, that's <laughs> why we're in the garage. <laughs> As we're recording on top of a child's toddler bed in the box, on top of a car seat in a box. But guess what? We're less than a week from deer season. Finally, we're here. It's the end of September here in Michigan. We're in the UP, and we're going to be talking about um, deer, all things deer this episode. We're going to hit on public land, private land, our strategies that we're going to try for this year, both with our bows and hopefully with our rifles, unless, you know, we'll probably be tagged out by then. But No. No? No. Maybe. Maybe. Stay stay optimistic. We haven't even started here yet. So you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. So, um, I guess we'll get right into it here, and the first thing we want to talk about is, I guess, um, what we're thinking about the outlook for this year. What have you guys been seeing out there? What have I been seeing? Um, I guess around the home, I don't want to call it a farm, because it's not a farm, it's an insult to farmers to call it a farm, (laughs) but... My home 80 here, the deer um, really have been starting to show up here the last few weeks. And I'm pretty excited because I have doe permits for my property this year. And the other night there was 14 baldies in my in my uh, field feeding. So How many fawns? There was fawns, actually. Was um, there? Yeah. I saw was, some tonight while yeah. we were shooting our bows. So the summer was pretty, I don't know, I want to say it was great. There wasn't a lot of deer, but... That's kind of, they kind of lay low that time of year, you know. You got to be in the right spot and the right time to see them. And every night there's been more and more deer hitting the, the clover fields, the hay fields, and uh, the food plot in the back. And there's there's enough. I can think I can fill a couple tags here this year and get meat in the freezer and, and have fun doing it. I built a Taj Mahal blind um stand for my kids take my kids out they're three and five they're gonna not gonna take them out at the same time because that would just be like suicide by deer hunting but one at a time i'm gonna take them out have them sit with me hopefully with that chance to be able to shoot a doe here um have them with me in the blind filming experience that i think that would be like i bet a big buck will come out (laughs) wouldn't that be something They come out, big buck comes out, and the kid drops a couple bag of candy. <laughs> hey, if I saw a big buck, I'd be pretty excited. Don would screw it up. I would yeah, screw it up, yeah. exactly. He doesn't need any help. I'd be dropping my candy bar and scaring the buck away. That's like last year uh, during grouse season, I was riding around and had my two-year-old with me and, uh, and my wife, so she wasn't unsupervised when I was out of the vehicle, but... Ended up uh, trying to shoot a grouse, and 
had her yelling out the car window, Bird! Birdie! <laughs> <laughs> and that had to be the stupidest grouse I've ever seen because it just sat there and gave me an opportunity. I'll take a stupid deer, too. I'm all about that. <laughs> but it's been looking pretty good this year. Um, then a nice change from the past couple of years is I actually have some bucks that I would shoot in and around the area. <laughs> and that's not saying a whole lot because I don't have the highest standards, but I do have standards. And there, there are some deer here that I would um, definitely um, – Fill my Michigan tag with, which is pretty freaking exciting, you know. Last year, I sat one, I took a rutcation, sat one morning, didn't see a deer, and I took off for downstate because, like, screw this, there ain't no bucks here. But this year, I have that glimmer of a chance that Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance. So that's all you need to be able to keep motivated. <laughs> um, Are you staying up here all season? Well, other than Wisconsin? Yeah. You're not, not going downstate? Not going downstate this year. We're going not to Wisconsin for a while, and that's pretty much the whole rut. But Holy everything else is going to be some commitment. UP-centric here. Wow. Um, I like it. I know, right? I'm kind of actually bummed. Well, I'm not bummed we're going to Wisconsin, because Wisconsin's probably going to be like yeah, nothing like pretty, we've ever pretty, seen yeah. hunting in Michigan. But I have a good feeling about it. Um, hunting up here this year. It's going to be When are you going to be, be gone again? Pretty much the rut. Like the <laughs> November 1st. I know first this week eight, and a half of November. Yeah. I know this 80 acre piece about <laughs> seven miles from my house. <laughs> has some bucks on it. Yep. Hey, at least somebody would be shooting something off of here. You know? <laughs> That'd be something. If I said I'm picturing his food bottom of a bucket. Sharing is caring. Yeah, exactly, right? We're all on the same team here. As long as you get on camera. But, uh... I guess some different things I've tried this year. Last year I put in a food plot for the first time. It was just rye. But those deer hammered it. Like, all... Like all that, sorry, that was a mouse trap. I, I set <laughs> a mouse trap off. Starting early, um, here. <laughs> you know, mice, winter, food, kill them. But I had a rye plot last year. There was always deer out there, and uh, this year I mixed in some crimson clover and I planted a screen. So my food plot is part of a twenty-acre hay field. It's just a couple acres I sectioned off in the corner. So I was thinking to, you know, encourage those daylight movement. and They didn't have a problem with it last year, but those bucks, you know, they might be a little different than all those does wanting to, to eat. But I put a nice sorghum screen. It actually came up okay, not that great. But the last few weeks here in September, we've had um, some warmer weather and lots of water, and it's actually probably shot up another foot here. So um, the screen's working, deer using it. Um, I'm excited. I got the kid blind out. I'm looking forward to taking my kids out. Um, first time ever for them to be hunting with me, and I'm super excited with that. So that's kind of my my goal this year is to shoot a, a doe or two off my property and maybe get lucky and shoot a buck, but get those kids involved and, and be able to spend some time with them in the outdoors and get them get them hooked, you know, get that... that I don't know, that itch setting them to want to want to do that someday. What about you guys? What's your private land strategies this year? I know, Cody, you've been doing some work at your camp with your dad, um, food plots and, and stuff like that. So what do you got going on? 
Yeah, so we've got, you know, we've got a, a small area that's cleared at our camp that's typically been a food plot. It was really run down when we got our camp, I think four years ago now. Um, we planted it that first year to clover, um, but we kind of had a, a crap, we didn't really have a disc. We had an old crappy one that didn't work very well and didn't have a plow, couldn't really start it off well. So it was clover mixed with a whole bunch of other stuff. It's died out for the most part by now, um, but it's also butts right up to our camp, so it's kind of exposed. Um, and actually when we bought the camp, the guy before us included into the sale a screw-on um, gun rest for the window. And he actually had it engraved to say window gun rest. So uh, <laughs> we do not use that anymore. Um, but that's kind of how it's set up. And we, you know, we want deer to feel comfortable and come out during daylight and, and be able to hunt them and use that food plot for hunting. So um, we actually split it in half this year, planted a strip uh, of sorghum sudan grass down the middle. And then we planted a bunch of brassicas in the back, um, which is our first time kind of really playing around with those. Um, we did radishes, turnips, rape, oats, peas. I think that's it. <laughs> a little bit of everything back there. Um, we got it in late, but we did. We plowed it. We dissed it. We, we kind of started from scratch. Really turned it over, um, and it's it's coming up great. Like you said, the last couple of weeks with the warm weather and and plenty of rain that we've gotten, it's just kind of both the food plot and the screen have kind of exploded. Um, we got it in so late, we probably won't get much for bulbs on the brassicas, but, but the deer pound in the tops right now and, and they're, the tops are growing great. So should be a lot of fun, at least till the snow flies and, and we'll see, see how long it hangs on and, and holds deer there. But we're excited. We've got a, a box blind that's elevated, I don't know, maybe five feet off the ground back there. And I've taken my daughter a couple times the last uh, last couple years up there. She'll she'll be seven in November this year, um, so it's fun getting to getting to sit with her and have she can be a little bit louder and and have the sound a little muffled. Um, so that'll be nice. And we'd like to maybe maybe set up a tree stand or around the food plot too, something where you can hunt with a bow over it. But uh, really excited about that. So far we. Just have does and fawns on our food plots, or on the food plot, and um, and other other stands we got up, but we've only had them up for a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Trail cameras to, to kind of see what's going on. So we'll see. Hopefully, in the last few years we've had bucks, good bucks on camera yeah, in yeah. bow season, but we've yeah haven't been down, gotten down there because we do bow camps, we do other stuff where we're yep. kind of out and about during bow season. So hopefully this year we can spend some more time there and. And hopefully the bucks will actually show back up <laughs> so we can have a, a chance at them. But it's exciting. Coulter, you got 20 acres that you own. You've killed a bear off of it. And a doe. And you've killed a doe last year. That was your first mm -hmm. deer you've actually taken off your own property. Yeah. Tur I've... Turkey, right? <clears throat> well, I haven't killed a turkey. Oh yeah, I did kill. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you talked about it right here. That was that was the pajama turkey. I have not killed a sporting turkey. <laughs> but Don killed a turkey. We got it on film. Yep. That was actually yeah, the first true. thing I ever filmed. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think so. That was fun. But uh, yeah, no, I own twenty acres. I am not privileged like Don privileged. and Cody. 
I have zero ground. That's earned, not privileged. It's earned. Maybe. I have not earned <laughs> I have the privilege, I guess. Or earned the... I don't know. Earned the privilege? Of- yeah. I don't know. Either way, I got 20 acres of swamp. That's what I got. <laughs> I have you a yard. You have the late season equivalent it's, of a food plot. Yeah. Exactly. It is true. Yeah. It is true. Just a muzzleloader food plot. Yep, yep. So no... Uh, <laughs> I have owned that prop. My house sits on this 20 acres, uh, sits on the road. So pretty much all of my 20 acres, with the exception of where the house and garage is, is behind my house, which I like because I get to, all of my property is usable for hunting. Most of it other than like right in, you know, in the yard, of course, even though the deer do come in the yard because I let my grass grow and there's clover growing everywhere and trefoil. Um, but my property is extremely wet this time of year, especially the last couple of weeks or week here. We've gotten a lot of rain. So it's weird up here. Like there's, you know, there, there's, of course, there's varying habitat types. There's fields, there's swamps, there's hardwoods. And those swamps, they have their time and they don't have their time. And as a general rule, early season is the, the swamps just aren't good. Um, they're wet. The deer make a lot of noise going through them. Even when they start to freeze a little bit, they don't like being in them just because the ice is cracking and they feel uncomfortable. But late season, those swamps get really good because it's um, actually in my area, like where my house is, the deer actually spend the winter in that area, um, sometimes close to my property, sometimes you know a mile or so down the road, depending on what, what sort of timber harvest are happening, what sort of supplemental feeding is happening in the area. Um, so because of that, I do have relatively good late season hunting because we get a bunch of non-resident deer that come in. Um, I, to be honest, I think I've only deer hunted my property not even 10 times in four years of being there. And and the primary reason is, is um, I have had one legal buck on camera in four years. So that's the first reason. And then I do have doe permits um, in the deer management unit that my house sits in. But I've let um, um, people that, uh, like friends and family, um, hunt my property and harvest a doe um, just because I have other places to hunt in other years. So because of that, I just have not hunted there much. I hunted there once last year, or yeah, one time last year and killed a, uh, killed a nice mature doe out there. Um, but this year, I don't actually intend on really hunting there at all unless I get um, a buck on camera. Um, I do, be, because of how my property sits and you know my ability to not have a food plot because I have zero upland, um, I do throw a little bit of bait out um, and put a camera on it. And like I said, I don't hunt it very often. And if something were to show up and be regular, I would obviously sit in the tree stand I have there. I have a big box blind. Um, that's kind of just more for family and friends that just want a comfortable hunt. And then I have a, um, a tree stand set up um, on that baited spot. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I have my private land, but I just I do not hunt it um, very often at all because of lack of bucks. And then just letting other people hunt it to harvest does because I have quite a few other opportunities um, to harvest does in other places, whether it's other private land um, or uh, <clears throat> or public land. And I guess, I don't know, we were maybe going to talk about this, but actually hunting season's already started in a way because we had the Liberty Hunt um, September 14th and 15th. And I um, had my nephew come up and hunt. um, And he actually harvested his second deer 
Um, he harvested his very first year up here in the UP last year. It was a, we'll just say it was a young deer. It was a good starter deer. Um, and this year he, uh, he moved up a notch and he harvested a nice, I believe I aged it at three and a half, a three and a half year old doe he harvested this year um, down in farm country um, in Menominee County. It was an area that um, somebody um, said that I could hunt with this kid um, but we couldn't shoot bucks and I was fine with that because, um, just I, this, this kid just, he was fine to just shoot a doe and this area that we were in has plenty of them. Um, we got to the stand at 2.30 and we could have shot a deer before we got to the blind, but we opted to not to because it was a pretty small yearling doe. And we kind of all wanted to sit there together. There's actually four of us. This is quite a kind of group of people wandering through the woods going to this blind. We had my dad, my adopted brother, me with two cameras, chairs, snacks, coolers, and then my nephew, my adopted brother's son, um, who was the hunter, all clanging and banging, going through the woods. And yes, we saw deer on our way, despite all this. And we got in the box blind, and, and I, there was a deer already in the, the, the field when we got in the box blind, but it was a ways away. And it was just a cool hunt. Um, It took, well, I say it took an hour, but within an hour, there was a deer harvested. Uh, but that entire hour, there was deer working in. Um, It was cool to see the, the young hunter, um, you know, a more veteran hunter could have shot a deer right away, but he just couldn't get on the first few does that came out in the food plot. And that was fine. He was responsible enough to not take the shot um, and decided not to. And it was great just viewing opportunity for us. We were all having fun looking at deer, a couple small bucks out there. They were actually bedding in the food plot. So we got to see that. And we set his distance at right around 100 yards. We weren't going to let him shoot over 100 just because he hadn't shot over 100 yards. He'd shot up to 100 and shot well. And uh, he actually ended up harvesting a doe at just about 105 yards, um, about an hour into the hunt, and got it all on film. And it, we got the shot, and the deer fell within 30 yards. He was a perfect heart shot. It was a great shot. So it was a super cool experience. So for me, my not my hunting season, but hunting season's already started. So it was already one deer was hanging in my garage. There's fresh blood on the garage floor. So pretty <laughs> jacked up. But so that's my private land experience. I got to. Film a great hunt with a youth hunter down in an area that offers a lot of great opportunities to harvest deer because there's just a lot of deer in farm country in Menominee County. So we took advantage of it and put some meat in the freezer. Heck yeah, brother! But the swamp, the swamp doesn't, the swamp doesn't have much. It's got muskrats, right? <laughs> yeah, the one time we <laughs> grabbed one, I had a party at my house and somebody said there was something under the stairs and it was a muskrat. So. Have to get Cody out there. He'll probably trap it and skin it out and eat it all on the same day. <laughs> well, you have to. But, but we got to get talking about public hunting, public land. Yeah. That's what, like, us true hunters, that's what we hunt. What's that <laughs> supposed to mean, true hunters? I don't know. We're all true hunters. Us less privileged hunters. <laughs> no. No, it's all the same, but I would rather talk about public land <laughs> because I have 20 acres of swamp and I don't like talking about private land because I feel sad. I don't have it. I don't have food plots. <laughs> all right, so here's the background for pretty much all three of us. Is We all grew up pretty much hunting strictly private property, right? Except for me. Um, 
No, you hunted private property down ten acres downstate. Ten acres. That's how it is down there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much acreages you have, especially down there. If you have the right ones and you got deer, you're in business. Well, I did. I grew up yeah. in the thumb, um, hunting farm bucks. You know, woodlot deer. Coulter was kind of the same thing down there. Um, Cody, he hunted private property in the UP, big woods, but small chunks of it. Um, yeah, a lot of it, other people owned it, but had permission to hunt it. And Right. Yep. Same thing, yeah. It was knock on doors and get neighbors, and but it was all farm country deer. It's, it's different up here. It's different than big woods. And one thing that we've all gotten into more recently, probably Cody's been maybe more than us, me and Coulter, but since me and Coulter moved up here, kind of in the same time frame, you know, last 10 years or whatever, public land hunting. You, there's so much opportunity um, in Michigan in general, but in the UP, there's was there's millions of acres of private or public land. Eighty percent, or not that much. A lot of it. It's the majority of the land. Closed, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's all this property that it's you just you can just go hunt, right? It's awesome. There's no there's no shortage of it. You don't have to go far. From my eighty acres, I can go five minutes and be on thousands of acres of public land same mm-hmm. with all of us from where we live it's just it's so unique in the the eastern part of the united states you know we're the upper permission of michigan i don't really consider that the eastern part of the united states but i guess you know it's east of the mississippi it's one of the you know it's one of the states with the most public land available that probably doesn't get talked about it's yeah it's, it's um, an anomaly yeah right for for the eastern for the US. eastern yeah. u.s and no we don't have monster bucks but michigan's got a lot of deer and and good quality deer you're not going to go out on public land up here and be able to shoot a 140 or 150 hunting a week like you would in maybe some other places or a 130 maybe 100 inch deer is what you're going to shoot and it might be a three-year-old buck but that age you know it's all the same either way we've been getting into this a lot more lately and um looking to to dive into some different strategies that we haven't done in the past um you guys want to talk about that what we've been up to that the areas we're targeting now that we're kind of mobile and hunting public land and not just typical traditional michigan hunting of throwing out your two gallons of bait and hunting that same spot every single day through the whole season yeah i mean I think that, and this is, you know, obviously, you know, baby, you know, Michigan, hot topic. But what, what I'll just say is that I, I don't know if it's just my personality's changed or just wanting to just see different country. I, I've gone away from it, not for any reason other than I just noticed that when I bait hunt, I tend to hunt the same areas over and over. And quite honestly, it gets boring. Not that hunting is boring, but... Going to the same spots over and over, just, they do. You're looking at the same trees, the same everything, and it's just something about that I just, I didn't like. I didn't enjoy it as much. So what I've begun to do is just, I guess, be more um, mobile, just be open to hunting anywhere and everywhere that I can, and and being, like, like Don had mentioned, having this plentiful public land. I mean, you can hunt in two days last year, here I am telling stories again, but in two days, November 14th, I was hunting public land in southern Menominee County, um, in Oaks, 
with no snow. The next day, November 15th, I was hunting public land in northern Elger County with 16 inches of snow. All in the same 24, yeah, in the same 24 hour time frame. So it just shows what these, the opportunities that we have up here. So when we're talking about being able to hunt this way, be mobile, go hunt in different areas, very, that I have ideas this year to go hunt in areas that, quite frankly, I barely even looked at. It's just to go in there, you know there's deer there. There's deer pretty much everywhere during deer season up here. There might not be as many in certain areas there is others. But just kind of keeping an open mind. And we, we have that ability up here because there is just so much public land. Um, and so my strategies the last couple of years, and I'll speak to bow season. And, and I guess I say last couple of years, mostly last year. Last year, I started hunting an area. Um, I don't want to get too specific. I started, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I started hunting an area in the, the southern part of the UP, public land. Um, good deer population. Um, the possibility of a bigger buck. And, and, of course, this is all relative. When I say bigger buck, I'm talking something three years old. Um, something that's going to be, you know, 100, 110, 100, and maybe 120 inches. 120 would be a great buck for this area and I and I had permanent stands there because we do a bow camp in this area um every year so I started to like and, and I and I work in this area so I'm pretty familiar with it and it was, it's an area that has enough deer and has enough um natural food sources that you can just hunt it without bait and and, and see deer and it was I was sitting in a tree stand that I had set in middle of September and I was seeing bucks every day. They were all like 100 to 150 yards away. And I don't know why. It just dawned on me like, well, why don't I just move? Right? I mean, it seems like, well, duh, right? But I think we get so in tune to we got to sit in that spot. That's, that's, my, spot. that's my stand. That's where I'm going to sit. Yeah. And that's know, just, for better or worse, that's where I pitch, you know? And I'm just like, I'm dope. Like, I'm just going to move over there. So I... Quite frankly, I did not really have a mobile set. I mean, of course, I have bazillion tree stands. But they're all heavy, loud, and they sweat, you know, two pounds off trying to set them up. And so I called my buddy. I was like, you got a climber, right? He's like, yeah, I got a climber. I'm like, cool. Can you take it to me tomorrow so I can learn how to use it? Because I, I need to move, and I think I can use a climber. And so I, I think it was in a matter of two days, I got back out there, used a climber for my very – not – very first time using a climber, very first time using a climber in a hunting experience. Went, climbed up this aspen tree, and that night I missed a nice 10-point, a three-year-old. And I was just like, well, this works. And then I went out like three nights later, moved a little bit different area, climbed up in an oak tree, and saw five different bucks. And it's just like, that's kind of when it dawned on me, like, wow, that was fun. Because I just went to where I saw a deer, or went to where there was deer sign, set up a stand the day of my hunt, and saw a deer. And I think that a lot of times, and I don't know if it's just because of not having a lot of space to, to move when I was growing up on private land downstate, like I sure wasn't moving more than a few hundred yards because that would have been like maybe my neighbor's or maybe even the next neighbor's property. So it was just something that you just didn't get used to being able to do or didn't feel comfortable doing because you were worried about like going into a new area and spooking everything away. Now, granted, most of what I am just talking about occurred during the rut, where we all know you can get away with things, 
bucks are moving so much, they're pushing does so much that the the woods are a little bit haywire. The patterns are kind of gone to the you know. There's not so much pattern. The deer aren't really patterned anymore. They're just kind of moving wherever the bucks are pushing the does, and the bucks are going where the does are going. Um, but I also think that you know a lot of times you you set up your stand in a spot on like a food plot or a field or on an oak ridge, wherever there's a food source, even in October. And like you set the spot because you thought it was a good spot. But then you notice like, man, all the deer are coming out over there. Well, what keeps you from moving over there? Just go over there. Go where the deer are coming out. And I tell you, growing up, I didn't move over there. I sat in that stinking tree stand I had set up in September, August, if it was private land, because you can set them up earlier. And I think of how many more deer I could have harvested had I just took my butt out of that stupid spot I had set up that I thought was so great, and it just wasn't. And some of it, of course, they're coming out in different areas because of wind direction. That's you know something to take in consideration. But sometimes these spots you pick pre-season for whatever reason, whether it's another hunter, whether it's the farmer does something, if you're hunting cropland, something changes, and like it's fine to just move. I think we just get a little caught up in like just staying in our spot. So I think... The strategy that I'm going to employ is I'm just going to move where the deer are and I'm not going to be worried about it. And why I can get away with that and why I don't care as much, and it's not because I don't care about the next guy coming behind me, but when it's public land, they're not the deer I have on my farm or my property. So it's not like I'm going to run around and try to ruin everybody's hunt, but I'm not afraid to be a little risky because quite frankly, I got another million acres I can go try tomorrow and just... I don't know. Just exactly. take more risk. And like, like you were ref- like getting at there with uh, you're hauling in a heavy stand, setting up your sticks. A lot of work to get a you know a permanent stand set up. You get that sucker up in the tree, and you're like, God dang it! I'm gonna kill a fucking buck. <sighs> Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna kill that buck out of this tree, and if he's moving a hundred yards, I'm gonna wait here until he comes by me because this was a lot of work to get this spot set up you know i hiked this thing in here i set it all up i sweated my butt off i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be stubborn because that's how most of us are we're all Mm -hmm. stubborn in the end you know there's a lot of deer not exactly shot because of that because of that because of that because this is my spot and i'm gonna shoot some here because i did the work and it's gonna work you know but hey, man, I was I was 150 yards off, and I can see it clear as day every time mm-hmm. I go out. Having that different like mindset where hey, I'm gonna now I can move. I don't get I don't care about this spot. I came and tried it. You got that like how's it? What is it called? Like an observation stand, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. you got out there, you tried it. You hope it wasn't an observation you, stand. Right. You that's hope, you hope, hope, every time you hope it pays it. off. But hey, I've sat in this same little area here a couple times. The deer are always over on that next ridge. Hell, I'm gonna go over there. I ain't gonna sit here and waste my time. Like you got like you said, it's public land. You can experiment a little bit. Why not, right? You're not locked into the, the home eighty here where if you move a little bit you could blow all the deer out of your woods, you know? You're you just you just go you just go yeah, for and it. Some to, get a little aggressive. And something to take into mind with public land, like, you know, of course I understand that the 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 the, the <clears throat> The private, the private land part of, you know, you obviously don't want to push your deer off your property and totally understand that. But with public land, there's so many uncontrolled variables that 
to think like, oh, I'm going to move over there and I'm going to screw everything up. You need to keep in mind there's a lot going on on public land. There's other hunters coming in, whether they're deer hunters, grouse hunters, fall turkey hunters I've even ran into. So like there's a lot of un- there's a lot of things you can't control already going on. So if you think you're going to screw the whole woods up and change the whole entire property you're on by moving a little bit, I think we I think we take ourselves I, I think we overthink that strategy a little bit. Those deer already are having a bunch of things going on in their lives that change by the day on public land because it's pub anybody can be there. Whether it's um horseback rider Horseback riders, people just out walking, ATV. turkey hunters, ATVs, other people set gun hunters setting up gun stands for get ready for gun season. So it's like, are you really, are you moving your stand or setting up a new stand 200 yards away? Are you, you are you really going to change it that much? I, I thought I was. And that's why I sit in the same stupid stand 200 yards away from where the deer all were. All right. But I'm starting to... Just move my stand or take another stand and move it 200 yards away to where the deer are. All right. There's a chance I could turn around and look and they'd be 200 yards back the other way underneath my other stand. But I guess that's a chance I'm willing to take now. Yep. Exactly. <clears throat> and, you know, over the years, um, gear has gotten a lot easier to make that possible. You know, they, everything's so lightweight now. You're, you're not lugging in 20 pounds of sticks with a 25 pound steel hang on stand you can you can get yourself set up or you can mobile be a little more mobile there's lots of ways to do it we won't get into it um but you know it's just that much easier now to do that and you know try something new every day um and i don't know about you guys when you hunt the same spot every time you can get burned out staring at the same spot the same things every time just that little bit you almost you don't know, want to be that, there anymore. Yeah, exactly. You get burned <laughs> out. I want to go home. You drain yeah. it. Yeah. And you move 200 yards away and everything looks brand new, you know? Yeah. And that just that extra little motivate motivation can be enough and that change of scenery, you know, to keep you going out there. And the more you're out there, the better chances of success you're going to have. Okay. And one other point that I just thought of while you were talking. I, I, I'll admit, I would say up until the last couple years... Especially bow hunting. The majority of my bow hunting has occurred over bait. And with that, there's no doubt that like your concealment up in that tree is of utmost importance. Because these deer are not stupid. They know that that pile of corn or sugar beets did not just end up out there. <laughs> just by chance. Like, there's something around here that's not right and I'm going to start looking for it. So I think I, like, I had this... This this thought that I had to be completely hidden was I was up in a tree. I mean, like, I had to have unbelievable backdrop and, like, I had to, like, never move because the deer would come in, like, with their heads in the air looking in trees. And what I've noticed, the more I, you know, just kind of jump around, hunt in different places, not necessarily use bait, is, like, deer do not run around looking up in trees because, quite frankly, most of their predators and things they're looking for are not in trees. So I think that when you, when you start hunting just trail systems or, or if you're just hunting a ridge where you think these bucks are going to be running does, is like you'd be surprised like some of the trees you can go stick a tree stand in and be fine as long as you're not up there doing jumping jacks or something. You, I mean the tree I missed that nice mature 10 point out of, I just went by that tree today setting up another tree stand. I look at that tree and I'm like I sat in that thing 
and got a shot at a buck out of that thing? And a climber? <laughs> it, was a, it was a telephone pole. It was the same size as a telephone pole, just as straight. Just an aspen tree out in the middle of this aspen stand. And it's like, I got away with it because they weren't running around looking up in every aspen tree. I mean, they'd be looking up their whole lives if they looked in every tree they went by. So I think that's just a, just a thought for people out there, like maybe because of, I mean, quite frankly, it's a pretty good conversation to have because there's a lot of state of Michigan right now where due to, you know, recent regulation change, you can't bait anymore. So you're going to have to do some things different, yep. you know, because there's a tactic that worked, worked well for a lot of people. Um, was was something that we were all comfortable with. It was something we did well with. We just can't legally do anymore. But of course, we all still want to be out there. I'm not not going to hunt because something that that I you know like to do or that worked went away. So you're gonna have to start trying different tactics. And I guess for those people and just from my own experience, if if you're not hunting with bait and you're in a tree stand, you can be a little bit more out in the open, for lack of a better phrase than what you can be around bait. And so just if you see a good area with good sign, let's go sit in the tree. You'd be surprised might walk with, you know, walk by you. Yeah, and like, I don't know, we, we probably spend a, a lot of time watching YouTube hunting videos and some of them guys are hunting 10 feet off the ground in a four inch aspen tree and they're shooting nice bucks. You know, like to your point, a Michigan buck would probably have spotted you about 200 yards away. They do spend more time looking in trees than deer. In well, we have a lot of hunters. We have a lot of hunters mm -hmm. and they're pressured. These deer are like a different type of deer. I will say though, <laughs> but, coming from down, we don't have as many bow hunters in the UP. No. Yeah, and when you're not hunting over a, a, a spot where they know people are there, you know, it's, it's different. And, they smell you. And then especially in the rut, you know. They're not looking in trees as much as they are in early October or mid-October. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, so it sounds like we're going to be kind of running and gunning a little bit, right? Public land, um, hunt, see what's happening. If it's not happening there, we'll be moving, right? That kind of seems to be our main strategy for the year, whether we're, we're walking with a gun or sitting in a tree with a bow. Um, but why? Why do you pick those areas to go hunt in the first place? Well, the the area that I won't disclose the location. Why I'm hunting that particular is a couple. It's it's public land. It's open to anybody. Um, it has an oak source. It's got a lot of oaks, um, especially for the, well, for this area of the UP. We there's don't not a lot of oak here. There's not a lot of oak. Um, so when you get in those areas with oak. If there is acorns, which another year, last year we had it, and that's what I think was probably the main reason I had such good hunts and a lot of deer and a lot of bucks around, is because the oaks produced, and the oaks are producing again in this area that I'm, that I'm talking about. Um, so that's why I'm hunting there. I'm hunting there because there's deer, of course, but there's deer there because there's oaks there. And then we do have, there's some, there's some openings, some natural openings in that area that bring in deer because of um, the forage that's in those openings. Um, but I, the main reason that I hunt there is because of the oaks. This particular spot is a pretty good drive from my house. It's not down the road. Not that I don't hunt down the road from my house. But what makes this area good is that I can hunt without bait. I can move around this entire area, hunt where I want to based on where I think the deer are because there's a there's a food source. So that's why I hunt there. The so is that why, that's why you, you key in on that area. You look at that thing on Onyx Maps or whatever... 
I was you, on that today. Yeah, exactly. And you can you can see, well, here's hardwoods, here's a swamp, whatever, and you know you go ground truth it. Holy crap, man, this is all oak trees and they're dropping. So you go there. Um Iron Cody's area where we hunt more, there is hardly any oak at all. So what what are some other things besides food? Because, I mean, food's big. Deer live and die by their stomachs, you know, obviously, just like we do. <laughs> but what are some other things to key in on besides that food source? Say, you know, you got you go try this area out. It looks, it looks great on a map. Why does it look that way? I think, I mean, if you look at where we go to typically for our bow camp, um, you know, obviously we join up with Coulter and some other guys for over in the area that he's not going to disclose. Um, but we have a, another area for bow camp that's still kind of South Central UP. Um, and, you know, living in Marquette and Elger County for both of us, we typically can't get doe tags. We, we don't have, you know, a whole lot of opportunities right now to fill the freezer. Um, so it's nice being able to, you know, when you're first starting to look at where you want to be hunting, it's nice to know, hey, I can go down here, I can get a doe tag or two and try to fill the freezer and make a hunt where it's not just down the road. Um, a little easier to, to justify to yourself, to your wife and kids, or, or whatever it might be. So um, where we go is an area that has kind of limited access, right? There's not a lot of roads. Um, there, you know, if you walk, you get into areas where other people aren't going to be going typically. Um, so there's not a lot of pressure. Even in in gun season last year, we went down a few times and we saw one person, and they were going back there illegally. <laughs> they they weren't even willing to walk back there. Um, and we killed what we were there. We hunted with a couple other guys too. Um, hunted day. hunted five days and killed four deer. And we have one day when a deer didn't get harvested, you know, I mean, it was three does and a buck. So, um, great area, but there were, there were food plots on public land that was managed by the state. There was really young Aspen, which provides a good food source for deer as well as bedding areas. Um, we got some big ridges that are going to funnel deer movement. We got some water, some ponds, creeks that are going to help funnel deer movement as well. And then we also do have some oaks down there, kind of south of where we're at, that that deer really seem to key into. But we actually haven't, we haven't even gone down there and really spent time hunting in in those oaks. But they probably get a little more pressure too, so it's kind of a trade off of where you want to be. But uh, but we've got food, we got bedding, we've got water all in one spot, and then you know landforms to kind of funnel deer, and it makes it so that we can we can show up for a weekend and either use our you know our brush blinds that we that we build um or like i just got a a climber this year that's the first climber i've ever bought um i've always used ladders and hang-ons but trying to get more mobile and be able to move around easier and and key into like coulter said anytime you move even if it even if you're moving in the wrong direction you're learning something so I I think it's 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 great. I'm looking forward to being even more mobile than than we have before, um, even with putting brush blinds together and shooting deer with bows out of them. I mean it's it's been a riot in the past, and I, I think that's kind of what we've looked at, what we've keyed in on, and it's been 
has been pretty successful for us, at least with with those. Um, and then we've we've gotten I got a buck over in Coulter's area. Yeah. You know, just kind of showing up and and trying to use use what was there. Yeah, and but, I think that you know when you think about nothing against media, nothing against you know what we see, but it has become at least a lot of the publications. I mean, it's definitely this mobile hunting has become more and more popular, right? We're not the only people talking about this. It's common, but, you know, I remember growing up, I mean, when you watch hunting shows, it was like heavily managed land and permanent stands. And like, they had like trail camera inventory or, or well off observation inventory. Like this buck's been going through this area. So we need to be here. Mm-hmm. And it's, and they got them all named and they're and sitting I just, in tripods. I don't know if that's the like the norm the for the everyday person. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's, that, you know, it'd be great someday to, if you got it, be, to have yeah. that. But it's just, I think when when you think of the majority of people that are out there, you know, chasing white-tailed deer in the state of Michigan, state of Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Midwest, that's not a reality for all of us. The reality is we have public land in our states. Um, that's that's what we have, especially here in Michigan, especially in the UP. And, and so, we you know, we don't have that. We don't have heavily managed private land, you know, um, at least not yet. We, none of us have that. Don's got his 80 here, but with his two acre food plot, which is the best out of all of us, but it's still what it is. It's 80 acres of a two acre food plot. It's not anything crazy. Um, but what we do have is a bunch of public land with deer on it that, that, that we can go hunt and we don't have to ask for permission. We don't have to pay. Just we can go, go hunt. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that, I think that just maybe growing up and the time we did and watching what we did, I think we just kind of thought that like we had to pick our, we had to find this great spot and we had to hunt it. But I think we're starting to learn that, like, nope, you can move all over the place and, and be successful that way. And at the end of the day, I mean, don't get me wrong, we all like shooting deer. That's that's kind of, you know, that's, that's fun. Cool, right? mm-hmm. But I think it's also fun it's seeing new areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found that out, you know, of course, I, I love to fish. And, like, you know, I love certain lakes. But at the same time, there is something about dumping a boat and do a lake that you haven't been on. It's like, holy cow, I don't know anything that's going on here other than maybe, you know, checking out, you know, my, my graph, you know, the graph and just kind of see areas I might fish. I haven't been there. And I think like, because of that, that I get out of fishing and loving to see new places, I'm starting, I'm thinking like, pick that up on hunting. Like, I don't know. It looks cool over there. Like, well, at the end of the day, what happens, right? You wasted, not even wasted. Yeah. You went a half a day and didn't see deer. Okay, well, you could have gone a half a day looking at the same 10 trees you've been looking at. Not <laughs> see deer either. It's like, yeah. I'd rather see no deer in this new place, you know? And it's just, and I think like what Cody said, and, and it's what we talked about, it's what we have talked about in previous episodes in regards to small game hunting, is like, when you go to these new areas, you're walking in new places. You're seeing something different. Right. And you might all of a sudden be walking into a spot and like, Oh my goodness! Right. <laughs> Look at those scrapes and rubs. They mm-hmm. still smell. Keep the shot. I'm gonna hunt right here. Right. It might not work out every time, but I just, I just think that you just cannot limit yourself and not be overly worried. Right. Because so that one hunt here, I'm story time again. Hunt last year, <laughs> November 14th. I'm jacked. I just missed a what day did I miss that buck? November 10th. I missed that 10 point. The they called in another nice buck trying to call on the buck I missed. 
So I'm kind of jack. I'm kind of depressed, but kind of jacked at the same time because <laughs> I had seen bucks. I mean, I had bucks. Deer shoes. season in general. Right? I had bucks <laughs> thick. You know, I had, I had them thick. I was all jacked up. Like November 14th. You know, gun season's tomorrow. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get mine tonight. You know, screw those gun hunters. Not really. I gun hunt too. I shot one on November 15th. You were gonna go back. To yeah, same so spot. November 14th, I'm jacked up, I'm walking in here, and, I, and I'm walking in, and I'm in an area, this is this undisclosed location again, um, you gotta walk <laughs> a long ways, there's no motorized vehicles allowed, I, on a map, I believe, am as far as you can get away from the parking lot, um, before you're trespassing, on, on private land, and I'm all jacked up, I'm pumped, and as I'm walking down the trail, I see this, these wheeled tracks, and it wasn't anybody doing it lately, but it was a cart. And I'm thinking, there's no way they're pulling that thing all the way in there, you know. And I'm walking, I'm like, man, those stinking tracks are still going. And every, every like, quarter mile, I'm getting a little bit more depressed. I'm like, man, they're getting close, you know. Is that when we were hunting together? And I get in, and it was cool. And it was cool. I got in there, and here is a mom, a dad, and two kids setting up a tent for gun season. Really? And they were setting up that tent 30 yards from where I missed that 10 point just a couple days before that. <laughs> so at the same time as me being like, that is really cool. I'm thinking, this really sucks. I mean, they are laughing and yelling. Kids are snapping sticks. And they're not at all scent free. And I was a freak. I'd probably change my underwear at the truck. You know, I was... And I'm like, oh, well, there goes my hunt. So what did I do? I just like... And I, this is, I'm rolling with that, that my buddy's climber that's still in my garage. He hasn't asked for it back yet. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go a little further back. I'll just get a little further away. I clearly can't hunt where they are because maybe I could have. I don't know. But I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. Just the tent's right there. So I walked another 300 yards. Found an oak. Saw some acorns. Went up. <laughs> I saw five bucks that night. It's just like... Who would have ever thought? Right. You would have think, there ain't going to be a deer in this whole area moving. <laughs> in the minute, I mean, they were had to be, their cart was still squealing down the trail when those bucks were running around. It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just the things that used to, and, and they still do. Like, you get frustrated by it. You're like, gosh dang it. Like, really, you know? But actually, come to find out, that kid, one of those kids, he was, ah, they looked to be 14 to 16, probably 14 years old. He shot a... a he shot a little six-pointer no. with his gun. You know, I never got no. to talk to the family, but I talked to somebody else that hunted it, that gun hunted in that area. And uh, it was just, I don't know, it was just, it was cool, but it just goes to show you that, like, yeah, you might think, like, everything's changed now because somebody put a blind there or you walk through there, or you're changing spots, but those bucks didn't really seem to mind what was going on in those woods. And what was going on was a lot of scent-free, or no, not scent-free, scent of all kinds and tents going up and tree stands going up. But at the end of the day, bucks still chasing does. They still got to eat. Yep. So that's public land hunting, you know. You know, mm -hmm. we get frustrated we by get it, but frustrated at the same time, it, it's like, I don't know. You just got to do it. You just, just got to do it. But another story, because you guys like my story so much. So this goes. You better, you better get me another bush latte. <laughs> another bush latte <laughs> coming right up. <laughs> but no, so this. So, so I was not so frustrated by, it, but I was a little discouraged. I think I called Don on my way back. So now I had, 
So I'm in. So the same night that I see this family setting up their tent, they're all excited. They ask me, "How many? Is there a lot of deer around?" I'm like, and I was honest with them. I'm like, "You are going to see deer, <laughs> and you're probably going to see a lot of them. And I think you're going to have a great hunt. And and I'm sure they did. You know, I'm sure they did see quite a few deer. But I was in my climber, sitting in my tree stand, listening to them set this tent up. I look to my right, and there is a brand new tree stand about five feet off the ground brush stand and i'm like wow this is where i was going to hunt opening day of gun season and what i do for work i don't get to hunt opening day very often every other year so i can't say not very often but this was my year and my big plan was i'm going to come in here i mean i've seen like bazillion different bucks how can i not kill one they've all been within gun range right but I was a little frustrated by this whole thing and just a little, I don't know, a little anxious about all the activity. And I just, I love people, but I hate people sometimes <laughs> when it comes to hunting, you know, just too much of it. And so this just goes to show you like what we have here in the UP and like what you can do. I literally was like, nope, I'm not hunting here. I'm going, how far do you think it is down from there to where I hunted? Two and a half hours? No, not that far. No, mm. it's almost two anyway. Two a little over two. A little over two hours from where I thought I was going to hunt opening day to where I hunted opening day. I oh, hunted. yeah. Easy. Easy two and a half. Easy two and a half. Yeah. And it just go. It was something. And I had history with where I ended up hunting on opening day. But it just goes to show you that, like, plans are going to fall apart. Things are going to happen. But don't be afraid to just, I don't know. Go somewhere else. Try somewhere else. You got to be flexible. Be adaptable. Yep. Be adaptable. If you think you're going to go to that same stand every day and it's going to work out for you, I mean, if somebody goes to the same stand every year and they kill a buck out of it, that's awesome. That's that's cool. But that does not work for me, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it never works Especially for me, when you're you're running around on public land. Things change by Variables, the, by the mm, day. Logging. Yeah. I mean, you know, all that stuff. Just stuff's always changing. And it's all out of your control. Yep. Just got to roll with it. What happened at that spot on opening day, Colt? I wasn't going to tell another story. <laughs> no. Well, you can't you can't leave them with a cliffhanger. Yeah. you got to yeah, let them yeah. know that it, you know, so that, yeah, so this well, is continually Coulter. We might as well just make them, we might as well just label this one Coulter's season, but. <laughs> Coulter's uh, season. <laughs> but no, no, this November 15th, which would have been 2000, November 15th, 2018, you know, again, I'm hunting two and a half hours from where I thought I was going to, um, I did not have a spot set up. Um, again, this is you know rifle season, so um, didn't have a tree stand, didn't have a ground blind. I knew the area, but I quite honestly wasn't sure if maybe somebody would have been hunting in that area. And of course, I'm not going to knowingly go trump through somebody's spot. Um, I got up. Well, I got up before dark, but I got to my area. Um, all the truck tracks ended. There was snow, so it was easy to tell. And I went into this area that I had still hunted, um, you know, previously, uh, and just went into this area, you know, with the wind in mind. And I thought I'm either gonna still hunt, or if I come across a good track, I guess I'm gonna track a deer. And that was literally my plan. Got out of the truck within within a half hour. I found a track that I thought was a buck. It was good enough for me to follow, um, and it ended up turning. It was in a little bit older track, and it ended up turning and going 
the wrong way for what I wanted with the wind direction. I guess I just wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't jacked about the track. I just wasn't too pumped up about it. So I said, ah, you know, it's it's early in the day. It was nine o'clock or whatever. So I kept walking and it wasn't 200 yards from where I just left that track. I get on a track, I'm like, oh my. And it rubbed a tree, the the, the, the grains the, of the, the bark were laying on top of the snow, like blowing around still, like super fresh. And I'm like, okay, now that's a pretty good track. And I know it's a buck and I am by no means a trophy buck hunter. I'm like, it's a buck. It's rubbing a pretty good tree. It's got a pretty good track. I'm going to follow it. And a mile and a half later, to make the story short, well, I will say a mile and a half, three rubs and two scrapes later, it had made all these. I, uh, I caught movement and it was a doe. And of course I'm like, well, that's not the deer I was following because it <laughs> rubbed a tree. You know, <laughs> I mean, everything's a little different when you get in the UP, but I didn't think the doe was rubbing trees. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch the doe mostly because the doe was pretty close to me. I couldn't feel like I could move much and I caught movement and I saw to this day, most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> this chocolate rack that looked pretty big going towards this doe. And about two minutes after seeing the most beautiful thing, I saw the next most beautiful thing, and that was a dead, mature, <laughs> four and a half year old whitetail laying in the snow. And I was freaking jacked. I videoed myself. And I'm not like a big, I don't even have Twitter or anything, but I videoed myself for whatever reason. I don't really know why. <laughs> and I sound like a freaking right. lunatic. <laughs> I sound like a, just a weirdo. <laughs> I sound like I'd like, I was on some sort of drug and I promise I wasn't. And it was just like, holy cow, you know, cause I, you know, I killed bucks, but nothing of this antler size. And I don't even know if it was. It helped. I'm not, okay, now I'm kidding myself. <laughs> the antlers helped because it was a pretty nice buck. But it was just something about that whole thing. Because I had tried this. I tried to track deer. I'd still hunted. And I'd failed. I've been close, but failed. And it was like this success story came true. And like, it was there. It was dead. It was big. It was old. And it was in snow. And I'd, I'd kill a buck like that every year if I could. I don't know if it can happen every year. But if I got a tag left, I'm going to try that every year. And I think part of it is just walking through the woods, seeing something different every step. Because every step, the woods change, and you're out there hunting. And you can kill deer that way. I mean, it's, it seems crazy, like, how oh, you sneak up on these bucks, you know? Because you spend the whole time trying to, like, hide from the dang things, right? Mm -hmm. So you're trying to do. We're trying to hide from bucks. And not move. To yeah. the point of, like... <laughs> You're trying to like... You're paranoid about it a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But now you're trying to not hide from it. You're actually like chasing it. Yep. You know? So yep. it's... And, and again, not to like act like the UP is the greatest place in the world. But quite honestly, me and my, my buddy Tyler were talking about this the other day. That kind of hunting can't be done most places. Nope. Yep. You can't legally do it because you cross a property line the first quarter mile. Right. Yep. You know? So we live in a unique place here. In the mid, you know, there is places though, northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, UP. The northeast. The northeast, of course. That's where it's known. You know, that's where it's a thing. Maine, New Hampshire, upstate New York. But uh, I guess just, I don't know. 
take advantage of what you have. It's different everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Don's going to take advantage of his 80. Cody's got his food plot, food plot behind his camp with the gun rest in his camp. <laughs> I got my 20-acre swamp. We're all going to take advantage of what we got. And all right, with Coulter's big buck prowess story over, we'll, we'll wrap it up for our pre-deer season episode here um, in the TKZ Outdoors podcast, UP version. Um, so I guess the main thing to take away that I would take away if I was... Um, and I am just an average Joe. We're just hunter. listening. <laughs> but just to be adaptable, guys, things are you're gonna have plans this season. It's chances are pretty good that things aren't gonna go according to plan because that's how it goes in the whitetail woods. Be adaptable, change things up, don't be afraid to try something new, even if it might seem crazy, because you just never know and it just takes that one second for things to just change your season. And you know, you never you never know unless you try it. So um try your best, you know, be out there, hunt as much as possible and good things will happen. So with that, um that'll do it for this episode of TKZ Outdoors Podcast. One little plug here, we have our deer hunting episodes from twenty eighteen being broadcast here every week on our YouTube page at TKZ Outdoors, sponsored by the Peacups Foundation for Prostate Cancer Awareness. Um, Serious stuff. Videos are good this year. Um, We're we're really pumped with where we're at from where we started. It's kind of night and day, but check them out on our YouTube page at TKZ Outdoors. And uh, we'll see you on Facebook. And I think there's an Instagram page as well. Um, you can find all our information on that and our, and our website too, tkzoutdoors.com. So with that, um, thanks for listening to us, and we'll be uh, bringing you some updates to our deer season because, I mean, it's deer hunting, man. It's the time of year. It's the greatest time of year. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>